This hour of the Jason Rancho is brought to you by Northwest Safe. There's a lot of news happening all around the world and right here at home. It's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Happening now. So Bob Mueller has submitted a confidential report on his investigation into Russian interference in the election and the possibility of obstruction of justice. The report is now in the hands of Attorney General William Barr, who at this point is deciding how and by what means will they be releasing the information, how much information will be released, how will it be released, and what form will it be released. A little over an hour ago, the Department of Justice told Congress that they have the information and that they expect to summarize the findings in the coming days as early possibly as this weekend. Joining me on the line with the latest is Fox News Radio's John Decker. John, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, no problem, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Like most of the country, we're trying to figure out what exactly does this mean as far as the timeline. So take us through how all of this information has been transmitted so far to the Department of Justice and to Congress. Well, let's uh, take us back to the start. Uh, The start is May of 2017. That's when Robert Mueller was named the special counsel. And the reason he was named special counsel was because of allegations that there was some sort of connection between the Trump presidential campaign and Russian officials during the presidential campaign. And so Mr. Mueller was tasked with looking into whether indeed there were these connections or whether there was so-called collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. The president, as you know, uh, over the course of the past almost two years, has called this investigation a witch hunt. He's called it a hoax. Uh, Well, today, Mr. Mueller finally uh, ended his investigation. He handed over his report to the Attorney General, Bill Barr, and now it's up to Mr. Barr to make a decision about the report's release to Congress and to the public. He's under no obligation, by the way, to release this report to the public. Can you take us through some of the guidelines from the Department of Justice that dictate how some of this information could eventually be released or what information definitely can't be released and what that really means in the grand scheme of things? Because obviously one of the the keys is that if there is a, a suggestion that President Trump would be indicted, it wouldn't happen while he's a president. Well, the guidelines are very vague, and that's why I say it is indeed up to the Attorney General to decide what he will ultimately do with this report that he's been handed. He was handed this report about two hours ago. Uh, keep in mind that uh, over the course of the past two years, since Mueller began his investigation, five people have been sentenced to prison. But none of those prosecutions, which included the president's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, uh, and the president's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, have pointed to a conspiracy involving the president. And uh, there's already been comment from the White House spokeswoman, Sarah Sanders. Uh, She wrote in a tweet that the next steps are up to Attorney General Barr, and we look forward to the process taking its course. And she continued, the White House has not received or been briefed on the special counsel's report. They haven't been briefed, although uh, it seems like over the course of the last several days to a week, whether we're talking about President Trump and his inner circle themselves or surrogates, they seem to be more eager to release this information. Should we read into that, that they are pretty confident that there isn't going to be any you know, fallback on the president specifically? 
Well, I think that the reason for that is the special counsel, his office, uh, Mr. Mueller's office, has uh, spoken throughout this process with the president's attorneys, including Rudy Giuliani, Mm -hmm. and they indicated to Mr. Giuliani that there, uh, as Mr. Mueller wraps up his investigation, there are no further indictments that are going to come from the special counsel. So that's the reason why um, the president and his team feel pretty good uh, now that Mr. Mueller has concluded his investigation. Uh, I, I would remind you, I would remind your listeners, that there's still a number of investigations that are ongoing, including an investigation which is, is being conducted and has been conducted by the U.S. Attorney's Office in the uh, Southern District of New York. This, to me, opposes the most legal peril for the president, greater than the Mueller report. So I, I wouldn't that? go out you know, celebrating with champagne tonight just because Mr. Mueller has completed his investigation and turned over his report to Bill Barr. There's still another investigation that's ongoing. That investigation involves primarily the possibility of a scheme to violate campaign federal campaign finance law, and that, to me, uh, poses uh, major peril for the president. Why specifically the, the president? The, the indication, you know, so far, at least from his side, is that he did nothing wrong. He was not intimately involved in any of this obviously if you're guilty or innocent you're going to say the exact same thing but why why are you paying closer attention there or at least seem to indicate that there's more of a threat in that regard well it just so happens this past week that uh the u.s attorney for the southern district of new york released documents associated with its search warrant that it uh used to look into michael cohen's uh, his residence his office his hotel room, and among those hundreds of documents were documents related to the investigation into the possibility of campaign finance law violations. Much of that, it's about 20-plus pages, is redacted. Why is that concerning, or why should that Mm -hmm. be concerning to the president? Well, it means that the investigation's ongoing, and it means that that particular part of the investigation, I've always thought, poses the most legal peril for the president. So, uh, again, I wouldn't be going, you know, around doing, you know, your, your touchdown dance just because the Mueller investigation is over. There's still another investigation that's going on in the Southern District of New York. And let's not forget, Democrats control the House of Representatives and their investigations continue. Yeah, and that's where it becomes all political. John Decker from Fox News Radio has been joining us live this afternoon from the White House again The big news coming out in the last hour, Bob Mueller has submitted his confidential report on the investigation into the potential of Russian interference in the election and the possibility of obstruction of justice. John, thank you so much for stopping by. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Have a good day. Good weekend. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. We're live in the Online Training Academy studio. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? The homelessness crisis. At a small event with homeless service providers yesterday, Crosscut reports that SPD chief Carmen Best said you cannot arrest your way out of homelessness, which isn't a position I'm hearing most people even talking about. I've not actually heard that position. This conversation came out, I'm told by this report, essentially out of a bigger conversation that's been raised as a result of the Seattle is dying documentary coming from Como TV and in Crosscut there were no cameras there so we don't have the audio but the quote is I do believe that we have to make arrests in some cases and people are going to engage in criminal behavior but an arrest is not going to help with homelessness 
I don't want people to conflate the two things, which we continue to do. If we arrest a person and they have a problem, whatever it is, and they get out in one day, 10 days, 100 days, 8 months, they still have a problem. Now, I, I don't think there's anything inherently controversial about that position until, I suppose, you take a deeper dive into the implications of something like this. Because the truth is, you can, in fact, arrest your way out of certain situations. You can certainly make life a little bit harder for people who are choosing to not take up offers of services, of shelter. You can certainly make it a little bit difficult for them to continue to choose to live on the streets because, you know, you, you clearly cannot arrest your way out of someone who's dealing with mental illness, right? You you can arrest them, you'll temporarily help, right? Because you'll take someone off the street who maybe is dangerous, like the individual who has been going around punching women and trying to throw them over overpasses. But obviously throwing someone in jail doesn't mean that they're not going to be mentally ill when they come out. But when we're talking about the people who are choosing to live out on the streets because they don't want to follow rules in a shelter, okay, too bad. You absolutely can engage in that person by either throwing them in jail or inconveniencing them until they decide to take up our offer of help. It's what's basically being done in the city of Arlington, in Marysville. They're saying, hey, we're going to arrest you unless you take up these offers. We would love to put you in transitional housing. We would love to put you in to different services into different programs. If you choose not to, well, then we're going to arrest you because we're not okay with you camped out anywhere you want. Now, there was a forum last night in West Seattle, and it was for the council campaign there. Lisa Herbold, the incumbent, was there. And if you want to know why the problem in Seattle is as bad as we currently have it, they prioritize the wrong things. Here's Council Member Herbal. The answer to homelessness is always housing, regardless of a person's conditions, whether or not they are a person who has a disability, a mental health challenge. But see, the answer is not always housing. If you have someone who is mentally ill, if you have someone who is addicted to heroin, did you ever think that maybe those are the reasons why they're living out on the street, that they weren't born unhoused? They had a home, and then they started to deal with an addiction, then their mental illness became to be out of control, and that's why they're out on the street. So simply putting them into a house doesn't mean that you're addressing the root problems. I love a city that says we care about the issue, we want to tackle it, but we're not going to address the root problems. Love it. Got it. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show. 1-800-465-8770 if you want to join the conversation on the None Better Tax Resolution Hotline right now. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. We are live in the Online Trading Academy studio. Of course, we've got our eye on the Mueller report being submitted officially. We did just learn, we heard from John Decker over at Fox News, who was just with us. The Justice Department is saying that there are no more indictments expected to come from Mueller, and there are no sealed indictments. We're now getting word from MSNBC reporting the exact same thing. So this would indicate that perhaps the Democrats maybe oversold their issues We'll keep an eye on that. We'll be joining the conversation throughout the hour once we get more information and more analysis that can be provided. But for now, let's find out what else is trending. What's trending at the movies? It's Friday. You know what that means? It means I get to talk movies thanks to our wonderful sponsor, Alpine Specialty Cleaning at AlpineClean.com. The big movie release of the weekend is Jordan Peele's follow-up to the huge hit Get Out. This one a lot less political, I suppose, though, that depends on who you ask. But just as creepy, it's called Us. 
Adelaide, played by Lupita Nyong'o, is haunted by a traumatic experience as a kid where she meets her doppelganger. She refers to her as Mirror Girl. Now, years later, when she returns to her childhood home, she gets a strange feeling that the doppelganger might be back. You know how sometimes things line up? Yeah. You know, like coincidences. Since we've been here, they've been happening more and more. I think... Like it means that like, she's getting closer. Who? The mirror girl? You don't believe me. I I I, I do. I do. I'm I'm processing. Okay? I just can't believe you kept all this inside for so long. So as it turns out, there was a reason for her to worry, because the doppelganger actually has a family of doppelgangers of her family. In fact, that family looks exactly like her own, and they showed up at the house to torment them. Okay, let's call the cops. I did. They're 14 minutes away. What? 14 minutes? Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Jason, give me the bat. What bat? The baseball bat, the bat. There's one in the corner. Here, here. Thank you. Yay. All right, hold on. Got this. Let's try this again. Okay. No, 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 no. All right. Okay. Got this. I got this. Don't go out. Now, I thought I already done told y'all to get off my property, okay? So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Now, the cops are already on their way. <laughs> Scattered. Hey, 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 hey. So despite these clips and the insistence the movie is actually a horror film, us happens to be very funny. It's more a suspenseful, dark comedy than it is a horror movie, but there's no shortage of violence or blood. It is definitely unnerving. It makes you feel edgy. It's not necessarily scary. Us works on a whole host of levels. It's a modern-day telling of Jekyll and Hyde. Lapita Nyong'o and the rest of the cast, they are so outstanding. Jordan Peele behind the camera is masterful. Every scene forwards the plot. No time feels wasted. The only downside to this movie is that ultimately, whatever it's trying to say about society on a deeper level, if I'm being honest, it makes no sense. The third act reveal is pretty confusing. It leaves you asking way too many questions that for me, I'm kind of annoyed that I can't really answer. It felt in a lot of ways like a movie that worked way too hard to make some kind of brilliant social point that they want you to figure out, but there are just too many questions left unanswered. Still, putting that aside, this movie is very, very, very good. Try to focus a little less on whatever social point the movie's trying to make, and just let the movie's mood and comedy and suspense take over. I really, really enjoyed Us. I suspect you will, too, so I highly recommend you check out Jordan Peele's Us, in theaters today. What movie are you going to see? 1-800-465-8770. Text me. Are you going to go see us or are you going to see one of the other films out? Text us on the None Better Tax Resolution Hotline. 1-800-465-8770. Let's find out what else is trending.
What's trending? Happening now. So, again, the big news of the day, the breaking news and developing news of the day. Bob Mueller has submitted his report on the investigation into Russian interference in the election, the possible obstruction of justice coming from then-candidate Donald Trump. The report is now in the hands of Attorney General William Barr, who is going to be working with the Department of Justice to decide what kind of information should be released, how it will be released, when it will be released. We understand that it's likely over the weekend or maybe on Monday that the Department of Justice will have a powwow, essentially, with congressional leaders to let them know about the findings. And we'll see where it goes. But right now we can report multiple sources are saying the Department of Justice indicates that there are no forthcoming or in any way inevitable indictments from the Mueller team, which means this is all over, at least as it relates to the Mueller investigation. Now, what does that mean? It means there's reason why the president and his surrogates have been so very confident lately in wanting this information out there, wanting to put the report out there for everybody to see. That's interesting. Because they say they haven't actually seen the report, and they must have a general sense of where things are going for them to be this confident. But the fact of the matter is, the White House doesn't think this is going to be damaging to the president. There's not going to be an indictment. The damage of the Democrats overplaying their hand in this conversation and how they will react is going to be really, really interesting. Because they're not going to get anything. And we've been telling you this for the last several months now. We've been hearing reports that haven't been getting a lot of play, suggesting that the return the, the results are going to be, the investigative results are basically going to be a giant nothing burger. That you're not going to show any sort of evidence that the president colluded with Russia, that he obstructed justice. But we were promised by the Democratic Party over and over and over again that, that that's exactly what we would get. That's exactly what we would get. So they overplayed their hand. And you know what that means? That means they're going to react by doubling down. They're going to call for more investigations. They are going to bring up their own investigations. They are going to try to make up for this whopping loss that they just experienced. And that's going to be interesting because I'm kind of curious how fatigued the American public will get with the president. Probably not much if he is going to stay on the same line. Because what have we seen as he goes after and calls this a witch hunt? The majority of people who have been polled say that it does feel like a witch hunt. The Mueller investigation. He's going to keep doing that. You think the public's going to be fatigued by that message? No. You know who they're going to be fatigued by? The Democrats. who are going to continue to put out there. Oh, we may not have found it this time, but we'll find it next time. We'll hear from the Denny Hex of the world. Say, oh, you know what? This is, let's be clear. We've got a Manchurian candidate. He's a Putin puppet. We haven't been able to find it under the Mueller team. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. We're going to keep digging. We know something's wrong. I can't imagine that the American public is going to be okay with that messaging over and over and over and over again. The American public wants this done. The American public will respond and believe the Mueller investigation report, no matter what it says. And right now, all signs point to the president didn't do anything wrong. 
So Democrats, ball's in your court. Welcome back to the Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KCTH and 94.5 FM for our friends of the Greater East Side, Bellevue, Mercer Island, Kirkland. Seattle is dying thanks to an out-of-control homelessness problem that's being ignored by the council and the mayor's office. It's forcing a whole bunch of residents and businesses to move away from Seattle. Featured in the Como documentary is Karen Dannenberg. She used to own a shop in Seattle, but no more. She's since relocated her clothing store to Bellevue, where it is thriving, and she joins me now. Karen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. If you could, take us through the decision to leave Seattle, because I know from your interview in the Como piece, it wasn't an easy decision for you. No, it wasn't. Uh, Being in Belltown for 20 years in my store... Um, I was pretty established as a retailer, and people came from all over the country to shop with me. And what started to happen is my customers were being accosted on the street. People wouldn't let them out of their car asking for money. Uh, the locals in Seattle refused to come to my store in Belltown, even though they lived in Seattle. And the east side people refused to come into town, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And my landlord uh, raised my rent 85% and uh, basically threatened to kick me out if I didn't take the increase of price and figured he could get away with it with Amazon raising everybody's rent. (laughs) And anyway, it was just, um, you know, the camps, the trash... The needles, the just the whole filth on the corner of Western and Blanchard, mm-hmm. Bell and Western. You know, I had to call the mayor's office constantly. I was on the news three different times. It just got really old, you know, having a PR and being associated with all the drugs and, and filth and the garbage on the streets. And it was time to either close my business or relocate. And I was fortunate enough to have an invitation to come to Kemper's um, Bellevue Place. Mm-hmm. And here I am a year and a half later, and my business is thriving. And um, after watching that show, um, I was I was so devastated and appalled. You know, you know what's going on, yeah. but to see it aerial view and looking at the the drugged out people that you know you you go by every day it, it was just so upsetting and appalling and embarrassing and disgraceful i just i just can't believe that our state is allowing this to go on what was what was alarming to me was a comment that was made by the mayor after she watched the documentary and she spoke to Como News, essentially saying that it wasn't a representation of the city, that if you go to other parts of the city, you will see a lot of, uh, of you know, hardworking, thriving, diverse people in the city, which is a little bit irrelevant to this conversation. But it, it seems like they don't truly understand how bad it is. Do you get that sense? I think they understand. I think they don't know how to solve the problem, and I think they are being totally ignorant and naive that the severity of this situation is dire. 
that there is a health crisis. There yeah. are rats and trash and needles and tourists would come into my store and say, how can the city allow this to go on? This is my question. How can they allow it to continue? And it's not just in Seattle. It's every surrounding neighborhood. It's under the freeways, the side of the freeways, on ramps, off ramps. I mean, just visually looking at that aerial drone, it was alarming. Yeah. When, when did you start it, to it, notice? It is a serious health crisis. Well, it is. You've got a lot of people who are living in filth. It's not fair to the people who live in the community, nor is it fair to the homeless people who are living out on the streets. When, when did you... Well, something's got to be done. <laughs> uh, no, you, you and I are on the exact same page. I just wish more people would pay attention. By the way, we're talking with Karen Dannenberg. She is a small business owner. She used to have a clothing shop in Seattle, but she's moved it to Bellevue because of, in large part, the homelessness crisis in Seattle being unaddressed. When did you start to notice that the community was taking a turn? Probably um, two years ago uh, when Mayor Murray was in. Mm -hmm. And the camp started setting up. And I remember, I think it was July two years ago, running down in July down to Pike's Market, down Blanchard, and I had flip-flops on, and I ran into, right on the corner of Blanchard and Western, at the entry to Pike's Market, I, I ran into this camp, and I, I was, like, walking, like, paranoid because I had flip-flops on, and there were needles all over the ground. There was the guy who was in the video on a urine-stained mattress shooting up in front of me. There was wow. trash probably three months old, overflowing, giant mounds of filth, and I, I flipped out. I put it on Facebook. I called the mayor and reamed the mayor's office, and they said, well, we have, you know, 75 hot spots in the city, and I said, I don't give a blank if you have 169. You need to get rid of this trash and do something now. And I told them that Channel 4 was down to interview me that day. And by the time the news station came, they had sent somebody down, cleaned up the entire corner, and put a chain-link fence around it. Now, a chain-link fence is not the answer to these camps. Something has to be done. It's ruining Seattle's reputation. Tourists don't want to come. Customers of businesses don't want to come into the city. Unfortunately, I still live there, but I am livid and appalled that this state continues to spend money, billions over budget, on tunnels for what? I'm really tired of paying taxes for a two-mile tunnel, which doesn't even have any exits to me, which is suicidal, and now they're talking about another tunnel from West Seattle instead of focusing on the situation and doing something yeah. with some of this money. I don't understand it. it it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. I sense the frustration well, and sad, concern. It's heartbreaking, and yeah. it's a health crisis. So how are things right now in Bellevue? Booming. It's, it's wonderful here. I drive over the bridge, I come into Bellevue, there's no traffic, there's no homeless, there's no camps, there's no trash, there's no needles. It's such a quiet, beautiful environment here. 
and I am so happy that I made the move, honestly. And my business has gone up hugely since I moved that's from awesome. Seattle. Well, that, that's awesome. We love to see that. Last question then for you is, now that you have a business in, in Bellevue and it's been there and it's thriving, why do you think there's such a difference between Seattle and Bellevue as it relates to the homelessness crisis? Well, I think, honestly, because there are so many free services, which unfortunately are all in Belltown. Why they keep putting them in Belltown, I don't know, when there's a huge state. But people get shipped here. They come here for every free service, free drugs, free health, free this, free that. Seattle's known for it. So people are coming, these homeless people and drug addicts are coming from all over because Seattle offers so many services for free. Karen Dannenberg owns a clothing shop. It's on Northeast 8th Street in Bellevue. It is thriving. We want to send as many people there as possible because she is a local small business owner and we like to back these folks. Karen, thank you so much for stopping by and sharing your observations and experiences. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. I hope this show um, makes a difference and brings more awareness to this government who is destroying our city. I'm with you. I hope it does the exact same thing. Welcome back to the Jason Rancho. We are live in the Online Trading Academy studio on this big news day. As senior Department of Justice, Department of Justice officials are saying Special Counsel Mueller is not recommending any further indictments. About an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, the news broke that he had submitted his report, his final report, to the Attorney General, William Barr, who is going to present over the course, potentially the next couple days, some of the chief findings of this report. But given there will not be any further indictments, that indicates, because there's been some concern from some folks that, you know, oh, well, if he doesn't have an indictment now, it's only because, the you know, the president can't be indicted, sitting president can't be indicted. But you would expect some ancillary indictments if that were to happen. But the indication is that it's not actually going to happen. So as the show continues, we'll certainly be playing for you some audio from some of the analysts out there, Congress people. Any audio that we collect over the course of the, the show, we're going to bring to you the analysis. But for me, it seems very clear that the president has been playing this correctly and constantly saying the Democrats don't have anything, there's no collusion, that this has been a witch hunt, that they're out to get him. And if they come up empty, what just happened? The Democrats overplayed their hand. The Democrats decided to overpromise and underdeliver. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do the opposite. You're supposed to underpromise and overdeliver. That makes people happy. But the fact of the matter is right now, as of right now, they overplayed their hand. We've been hearing people like Adam Schiff. We've been people hearing people like Eric Swalwell, Denny Heck. Constantly going on TV saying, just wait for this report. Oh, just wait for this report, man. Oh, gosh, once you get this report, I can't talk about it now. But once you get this report, we see the evidence. Oh, man, collusion, Manchurian candidate, Putin puppet, over and over and over and over again. That's what they've done. And as a result, they look like politicians. They look 
like people angry that they lost the election. They look like people who don't care about the truth. They care about smearing a political opponent. And at some point, even the Democrats, even Democratic voters, are going to get sick of their line. And the problem for the Democrats right now is they have vowed more and more and more investigations. That's what they've vowed to do. They're going to investigate absolutely everything. But the biggest investigation appears to be coming up empty. And the American public are not going to sit down and take it for the next two years, investigation after investigation after investigation. They're just not. They have no interest in that. We have no interest in that. Coming up later on in the show, 5 o'clock right at the top of the hour, Ben Shapiro is going to stop by. He's going to give us his analysis of what's been going on. But the bottom line is right now, the Democrats have overplayed their hand. What's their next move? I'd love to know their next move. Because I can't figure out where they think they're going to go from this place that they've put themselves in. They've put themselves in this spot. They've decided... They have decided that they're going to lean in, go all in on this Mueller report, on this idea of collusion. And you hear from a lot of people, Dana Milbank is a columnist with the Washington Post. We're doing a little bit of an experiment and having him on the show to see, you know, if he makes me yell. But he's been a chief anti-Trump critic in the Washington Post. And like a lot of other people, he, he points to all these people surrounding the president who have been indicted. But when you look at the actual indictments, they've been indicted on ancillary issues having nothing to do with collusion. Paul Manafort wasn't indicted for collusion. He was just found guilty on things having nothing whatsoever to do with the president. Tax fraud. Lying to the FBI, lying to Congress. They don't have any evidence that there was some sort of collusion. They talk about the Trump Tower meeting. There was nothing there. How much longer are they going to put this country through a vanity project at this point? A vanity project. This is their excuse for going on TV and constantly bashing the president. They've used this Mueller report as an excuse, and it turns out there's nothing there. There's no there there. And the reporting from the beginning was always a little bit skeptical. Like, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to prove this. The reporting, not the analysts, but the actual reporting. And then about a month, month and a half ago, we started to hear from John Carl over at ABC News that his sources were telling him that there's not going to have any hard evidence. In fact, here he is. Not long ago, John Carl from ABC News. People who are closest uh, to, to what Mueller has been doing, who have interacted with the special counsel, cautioned me that this report is almost certain to be anticlimactic. That if you look at what the FBI was investigating in that New York Times report, look at what they were investigating, Mueller did not, to, to what Mueller has been doing, who have interacted with the special counsel, cautioned me that this report is almost certain to be anticlimactic. That if you look at what the FBI was investigating in that New York Times report, look at what they were investigating Mueller did not go anywhere with that investigation he went nowhere with that investigation doesn't that seem important to you doesn't that seem like an interesting aspect to this now Adam Schiff of course has been hardcore hardcore anti-Trump 
But of course, he's not giving up. He's doubling down on CNN. Representative Adam Schiff. Give you an illustration. We know that um, Paul Manafort was providing polling data to someone linked to Russian intelligence. Now, that may not have shown up uh, in an indictment, but nonetheless, it raises profound questions about why the presidential campaign of Donald Trump was providing polling data, apparently detailed polling data, to someone linked to Russian intelligence. Uh, that is just one of the great many of unanswered questions. And if they're not answered, um, then we're going to have to answer them. We're going to have to find uh, the truth. Does the American public want more of this? Do they have the stomach for this? Now, of course, this is all predicated on a belief by the Democrats that the country hates Trump. Well, the country put him into power. His polling is going up, not down, despite the constant attacks by the media. Again, the big takeaway right now is a senior DOG, DOJ official, Department of Justice official, has said Special Counsel Mueller is not recommending any further indictments. That means from a Mueller perspective, this is done. Although Representative Schiff apparently thinks we are going to get some more indictments. Well, we'll find out. Dana Bilbank, columnist at the Washington Post, he's going to stop by at 4 o'clock with his perspective. That should be fun. Ben Shapiro is going to stop by at 5 with his analysis. We're going to get to those stories and continue to take a deep dive into the breaking news. The Mueller investigation is over. The report has been submitted to Attorney General Barr. Over the weekend, we expect that Congress is going to start at least finding out the initial findings. Then the spin begins. Then the politics takes off. And we'll see what happens. We'll see where the Democrats go. You're listening to The Jason Ranch Show on AM 770 KTTH.